Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to Bookish Meet the Authors with Megan Humpsteiner. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Megan Hudsteiner, and I am the host of Bookish Meet the Authors, a television show that highlights the work of book authors globally. You'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and a hundred other smart TV apps. The audio version of your interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, I have my dear friend, Annabelle. She is able to transform the lives of others because she first dared to transform her own. Having studied and worked in multiple countries and continents with over 25 plus years senior management experience at global multinational companies and startups, she has a deep understanding of how to create a thriving life anywhere in the world. Significant trauma, illness, and life transitions gave Annabelle the opportunity to work deeply for years with clinical science-based and alternative therapists until she finally found the answer to what enables lasting transformation. She founded a well-being tech startup, Living Ashram, and recruited an advisory board of leaders across neuroscience, psychiatry, psychotherapy, nutrition, psychology, and multiple well-being modalities. Condensing decades of collective research, she has written two international best-selling books that includes her knowledge and experience that created a unique methodology combining science, spirituality, and ancient practices. Her highly targeted programs empower women who are ready to transform their lives to ignite limitless vitality, authenticity, freedom, and joy. She has a BA in English literature from UC Berkeley, an MBA from London Business School, a string of professional certifications, and is the, in the process of being certified as an International Coaching Federation Master Life Coach, the gold standard in life coaching, and a neuro-linguistic programming master. She applies continuous learning to her work, ensuring that clients also receive the most up-to-date cutting-edge methods and advancements in well-being. Oh my goodness, Annabelle, what a mouthful. You are such a talented, wow. Like, I don't even know what to say. You have so many beautiful accomplishments. How are you this morning? I'm fine, Meg, and you're really kind. I'm so happy to be here with you. I've loved all our conversations ever since we were co-authors on our first book together. And it's all our conversations are always so inspiring and uplifting and so juicy and they explore so, so many different topics so deeply. So I can't wait to wow. have this chat with you this today. Thank you. You have such a deep, varied and rich experience across business, well-being and life. Why well-being? Why do you feel called to do what you do? Meg, I went through the first three and a half decades of my life striving towards and achieving what I thought happiness and success meant. I denied and stuffed the deep trauma and abuse from my past so far down. I had no idea how much they were affecting my beliefs, my choices, my decisions that I was making every day and in the long term. Way back in 2006, I started questioning everything on my own and with a psychotherapist. I was so unaware back then. I actually thought it would be selfish and self-indulgent to go to therapy. 
I didn't understand that self-awareness was the first step in becoming the healthiest version of myself so I could consistently show up with love, with compassion, with grace, with wisdom, and with strength in all areas of my life and for everyone and everything I care about. Even before my 15-year marriage broke down and I essentially became a single mother, even before I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I knew that something wasn't quite right. I wasn't living a life that was authentic or aligned with who I really was, nor was I honoring what was truly important to me. When I stood in the wreckage of my life after a very, very acrimonious divorce with two vulnerable young children to care for, I decided right then, in order to become the person I wanted to be and needed to be, I had to first understand what was driving my patterns of behavior and what fulfillment and happiness meant to me. I saw so much pain and suffering, both in myself and in others. It made me develop an insatiable curiosity and desire to solve this human puzzle, not just for me, but for everyone around me. On my journey, I was fortunate enough to find and work with leaders across so many clinical science-based and alternative healing modalities. I went all around the world seeking these people out and I saw what worked and what didn't. I saw that existing systems were not adequately serving the need for healing and transformation in a way that was sustainable or empowering. And I knew that I had to create a better way I was fortunate enough to attract incredible neuroscientists, clinical psychologists, psychotherapists, functional nutritionists, physiology experts, and healers across multiple healing modalities to my advisory board for Living Ashram, my well-being tech startup. All of these wonderful humans' help and advice enabled me to create our methodology, our diagnostic self-assessment, which helps identify possible root causes behind our blocks and well-being, our well-being app, and our signature transformation programs. I know that was a mouthful, so <laughs> feel free to ask me more about anything. You are just absolutely amazing. And I love that. Like You have that heart to seek out truth. And it doesn't matter. Like a lot of people, we're on our journeys. We're all in different um, areas, levels. And it's not that one person knows more than another. It's just that's their journey. And they're bringing it, if you can just bring it authentically, genuinely to the table, is like you can continue to grow. However, you have this root level up system. It's a whole human approach to well-being. Could you tell me more about how it works and how you use it for the positive transformation? Sure. I couldn't agree more with you. I completely agree that we are all on our own journeys, um, individual levels. And the joy about this is that we can start wherever we are. So in in all my years of seeking well-being that actually lasts, that's sustainable, that doesn't where the euphoria doesn't die off, as we were talking about earlier, the minute we leave a retreat or the minute we leave a guide or a teacher or a course, I couldn't find an integrated approach which linked mental and emotional work like talking therapy and mindset shifts to work that embodied and integrated the positive changes into daily life. It became very, very clear that real and sustainable transformation can only come from a fully integrated approach that addresses all core pillars of well-being 
for me, that's mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. They're all interlinked. So we can't significantly progress in one area unless we also have the tools to progress in all other areas too. So what a root level up approach means is that unless we identify and heal the root causes behind our issues, we are doomed to repeat the same cycles and patterns throughout our lives. So the people and scenery might change, but the outcome is always the same because guess what? We are the common denominator no matter where we go and who we're with. So neuroscientists call breaking existing and ingrained patterns of thinking and behavior, rewiring neural pathways, because we are literally rewiring our brains to think and behave differently. Isn't that incredible that we can do that no matter what stage of our lives we're at? So I'm going to break it down a little bit. The process looks like this. Step one is basically identifying the root cause behind the beliefs which drive our undesired behaviors or situations. Step two is heal the root cause wounding behind that. Step three is rewrite a new positive belief and desired behavior. And this part's really important. Anchor it in ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically in our bodies. Step four is, guess what? Practice, 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 integrating it into our lives. This is where a well-being app, a life coach, a therapist, or even a trusted friend is helpful for both accountability and staying on track with your goals. Would you like to try it now, Meg? That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, okay, so our listeners, they're going to be like, okay, well, what does that look like? Because when I think about it, I'm like, okay, it's perspective. So is it deeper than just perspective? How do you get to just that deeperness? So for me, okay, I'll be the guinea pig. Um, I have felt, I have done a lot of accomplishments in life. Like I'll set out a goal and I've achieved quite a, a lot of them. However, I get so close to getting to the top of it. And then I sabotage it. And I'm like, what is wrong with, why do you keep doing that? What is the problem? And I I know, like, and then I go through, I'm like, do I not feel worthy enough? I mean, I'm like, maybe that's part of it. Like I, and then I get scared. I'm like, well, what is that going to look like? If I get up there, it's going to be lonely. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to be there. I'd rather be down with, and I don't want to say down, but like, because you worked so hard to get there, you, you did do a lot of work. So it, it is going downward with the people that aren't doing that same work. So that's what I'm kind of frustrated because I want to live my best life. I want to enjoy it once I get there and then continue to progress. But then how do I fix that? Because I keep sabotaging it and it gets so frustrating. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, where do you go? <laughs> Was that? First of all, I invite you to think about it instead of fixing it to think about healing that part of you that needs that comfort and that healing. So you're not broken. You are perfectly whole and beautiful exactly as you are. Everyone is. And the world needs your light. So I'm happy to do this work with you. And I'm happy to take you through the process if you're ready now. Yeah, let's we can't just to clarify we can't go directly to the root cause today because there's a process where you'd complete a very comprehensive self-assessment we'd work through all the necessary steps to safely guide you through your core transformation but what we can do 
is an exercise to identify one area where you are blocked in this situation that you're talking about and rewire that and give you greater insights that you can apply to your life starting from this moment on. How does that sound? Love it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm all in. So <laughs> let's take, if you just sit with, if uncrossed any legs, um, uncrossed any parts of your body that might be crossed and closed and have your feet planted firmly on the ground. Let's first take a few centering breaths. We've been talking for a little bit in and out through your nose into your diaphragm. So deep belly breaths. And can you think, Meg, of a thought or a behavior that you'd like to change? Procrastination. You have it. Would you like to share that out loud? Procrastination. Okay. Can you think of a situation where this thinking or behavior has held you back? When you have consistently maybe told yourself, I'm not ready. I can do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. Can you ask me the question again in another form? Can you think of a situation where this way of thinking, so what do you hear when you think procrastination holds me back? What would you like to change about it? What do you hear when you think of you, when you picture yourself, what do you see when you picture yourself procrastinating? You I can close have, your eyes if that helps. It does. Yeah. I don't have everything ready to do the best job. So therefore, um, I'll just keep putting it up. Like I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it because it's not perfect. It's not going to end in a perfect manner that I want. Okay. Can you think of a specific situation? So with your eyes closed, thinking back of just think of any situation where this has happened recently or in the past. Um, what do you see? I'll use a light one. Uh, say going to the gym, like I don't have all my clothes together or like, I know I have another pair of pants that I can grab or uh, I, I have all the things, but I'll be like, well, it's not the ones that I want. I'm not going to feel the best when I go there. So how I'll do you feel as you're procrastinating? Anxious, irritated. Okay. Yeah. Breathe in deeply. And with your exhale, just release any tension or discomfort you might be feeling related to the situation. Annabelle, I'm so sorry. Can you hear the the blowers? The I can, but you know what? We're in California. There are blowers everywhere. Let's just if we come, come back, come back into yourself, come back into your memory. This is life. It's fine. Things come in. <laughs> things happen we can work through this that's what i'm Come. procrastinating i'd be like that's not perfect therefore i need to wait so this is nice okay there is no perfect perfect is the moment that we're in and we work with what we have so come back to your beautiful self take a deep breath close your eyes go back into the situation where you felt i'm not ready for this i don't want to do this 
Can you take a step back? Imagine you're not Meg anymore. You're just an impartial, objective observer of what's happening. So wherever you are, maybe you're in your house, in your room, putting off packing that gym bag. What do you see? What do you hear? What are you feeling? And how do you feel about the Meg that you're seeing and hearing? Mm, frustrated. And what I see is all the work that is going to have to be put in to achieve the actual goal that I want. And then I think of how much dedication that I'm going to be putting into it as opposed to just the momentarily, like how it's going to make me feel that hour after. Like I'm, I start looking at the future mm -hmm. and it gets overwhelming. Okay. What about the future feels overwhelming to you? The amount of dedication, the structure, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Commitment, commitment level, because I don't like to play small. I know that I'm an all or nothing. And so if I start doing it, I'm like, I have to go in hardcore. Like it's gotta be perfect. Stay, stay in the feeling, Meg. Don't put stories to it yet. Okay. Just stay in the feeling how you see. Let's take a deep breath and take one step further back. So imagine you're the observer watching the Meg observing the Meg in that situation. So you're now two steps removed from the situation. You're feeling and you're seeing what the observer is feeling, but you're also seeing Meg in that situation, procrastinating, feeling all the feelings that you're feeling, but from two levels away, objectively, without judgment. What do you see, hear, and feel now? Towards her or am I... Like, am I now being the observer, and looking at her and seeing how she's observer? You're the observer. What is your feeling about what's happening in this situation, in this picture that's playing out before you? I feel sad for her. I am because then I'm looking at it and thinking, well, it's okay. Just take one step. Like, I feel sad. I'm, I just want to tell her it's okay. Well, that's interesting. Can you hear anything? So you hear yourself speaking to Meg saying, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Take the first step. All right. Let's take one final, one more. Let's do one more level. Take a further step back. And you're now three levels away. You're watching the watcher feeling sad while watching the first level, Meg feeling frustrated all caught up and all overwhelmed. How do you feel from this distance, seeing this all play out? Honestly, that's a that's a level I don't think I've really gone to. I've never gone to the third level. That's kind of crazy. I wouldn't even, I don't even know how to assess that. How do you feel seeing your, seeing yourself sad at how you are behaving in that situation, how you're behaving towards yourself. 
what you're telling yourself and how you're blocking yourself. How do the observer again, like it's, you are the observer. You are actually now four levels away. You're watching sad Meg feeling sad as she's watching herself go through this, as she's watching the frustration, as she's watching the overwhelm, as she's watching the self-blocking. So you've already, you were, you had reached sadness in the previous phase on the previous level. And now you are one step removed. So you're not integrating that sadness into you. You are impartial. You are non-judgmental. You are just letting your impressions come freely. How do you feel? What do you, what do you see now? I want to jump in and say like, we'll do this together. It's okay. Like be more of an encouragement. Okay. And so with the insights that you have learned from this process, let's go into the future. As a third party impartial observer, how do you see Meg behaving in a similar situation in the future? How would you like her to behave? Knowing everything that you know, having gone through the different stages, the frustration, the overwhelm, the sadness, the support for her and the love you feel for her. How would you like her to behave in the future? What do you think she would do differently in that situation with all the knowledge that you have just given to her? To chunk it down into an hour to chunk it down into like 30 minutes and just get through those 30 minutes and then add in once I get to that, then you could focus on what an hour is going to look like. like bring it right down to even, yeah, just the minutes. Okay. You put your shoes on great and don't focus on the next day, the next month, the next year. That's, I love that. So you see Meg <laughs> chunking this down. You see her doing things step by step, mm -hmm. not losing motivation by projecting too far out and stepping into that future situation as Meg, first person, yourself. How does it feel to be this person? How does it feel to be the Meg who says, I don't care about how much work it needs to take. I'm doing today. I'm doing this step. I'm doing this as I go. Feels amazing. Feels liberating. Liberating. It Where feels do you feel that? Where do you feel that in your body? I say like, it just, I just, my shoulders like open up. I feel like okay. I could breathe. That's where I feel it the most. I feel like, like do you feel free? Very free. Open to the world? Yep. Open to the, all the possibilities? Yep. What do you hear her saying? You got this. It's good. You got this. <laughs> yeah. And you see her going out that door with all her kit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm wearing, I don't need theater. a sports bra. I'm wearing a bra. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to go do it. <laughs> like, get her done. That's what I see. Right. It's take, awesome. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath, Meg. 
all the way into your diaphragm and just release it and come back, come back and Meg sitting in your chair doing this interview. How was that experience for you? I really enjoyed it. I, 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 I enjoyed the different levels mm-hmm. I do with myself. I play that kind of um, scenario. It's, it's truly how I get through anything. Like I'll chunk it down as like, I honestly, I can only live for the moment. Like I am so overwhelmed. Just stop. Like I have to, like, it's like just shut everything out. And that's how I have gotten through literally my life is chunking it down. But looking at it from like those different levels I've never done, which is really fascinating. And it might help me pinpoint as I continue to do it because it's a t- it's hard. It's really hard to be like, okay, what would the second level be? What would it truly look like? And then the third, I'm going to enjoy working on that. Thank it's you. It's entirely possible to do it on your own as well. It helps to have someone to do it the first few rounds, the first few rounds, especially if it's a really emotional trigger, especially mm-hmm. if it's a really highly charged situation. It's really challenging. It can be, but we can do it. We can do it. It's a it's a work in progress. So this is the wonderful thing about these tools. Everyone can do them on their own. So you're not hooked in to a person or a professional for the rest of your life. These are all tools that are designed to be incredibly self-empowering. So I'm I'm so happy you got something out of that. I'm so happy that I think the beauty of that is you came up with your own solution that works best for you because we all have solutions that works best for ourselves. So you came up with your you are we are all our own best guides and you just you just demonstrated that beautifully. So and that was so well said. Very, I love that because nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be told like, you must go do that. That's when the block actually comes up even more so. So in helping somebody, we want to go in and tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And you're just like, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. You don't, you haven't walked in my shoes. So this is such a great, great process. And I'm so thankful that you shared it with me. That said, do you have- That was helpful. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to I just wanted to share a little bit more just to give a little more flavor and depth to that. When I work with my clients, we go deep. So that wasn't root cause, but that was immediate action that you can take, immediate insights and wisdom that you can apply immediately to your life that will that you can apply to any situation quite frankly but when i work with my clients we go really deep going back to the root going back to the origin of the beliefs that are blocking them so for the i'm not ready belief for example we would look into and dig deep into when was the first time you felt that way what is the root cause behind this belief then we go in we use different clinically proven modalities we heal the wounds and pains behind the belief we make peace with them we release them we create new positive beliefs to replace the old ones and we anchor them into their bodies to create new positive patterns of thinking and behavior so we also identify and this is a whole separate conversation meg we also identify if there are any secondary benefits to having that belief for example what does believing i'm not ready 
I can't do this, enable you to do. You don't need to answer that right now. This That's for further reflection, a little bit of homework for you if you choose mm-hmm. to take that. And but this is really what core transformation work is. And it is incredibly powerful. Without going to the root cause of an issue, we are doomed to repeat the same cycles and patterns of behavior in our lives. So guiding people through their transformation process to ignite their vitality, their most authentic and their free self and their greatest joy. This is why I get out of bed in the morning. There's nothing else I'd rather do in my life. So this is why, (laughs) this is why well-being, this is why root level up, this is why whole human approach, this is why I've created everything that I've created and will continue to do so for the rest of my life, I hope. I love it. So you have such a passion. Do you gear towards a certain type of people that you like to work with? Do you work a lot with children? Do you work with um, a lot? What kind of uh, people do you work with? What's your I really do. I really do. The people I feel most called to serve are women 45 to 60 years old, I happen to follow that demographic, but it's women who have really lived life and who are super givers, who contribute so much to their families, to their work, to their communities, to the lives of everyone around them. They're highly intelligent. They're curious. They're engaged with people around them and the world. They're the first to volunteer to help and the last to ask for help. These women are either going through or have gone through significant transitions and are looking to really step into their most empowered, authentic, and joyful selves that are free to pursue all their passion and purpose. So whether it's divorce, whether it's breast cancer, whether it's a significant career and life change, when they're about to retire or become empty nesters, these are all times in our lives that cause us to really question our identity. They can be hard and extremely challenging times, but they don't have to be. They can also be times where incredible growth and freedom are possible. So why why these women? I have limitless respect for them. I saw my own mother limitlessly give with unconditional love all my life, yet I also saw her holding herself back from being empowered and free because she didn't have the awareness, she didn't have the tools, and she didn't have the right guide. As much as I love men and all beings, I feel deeply called to serve women for so many different reasons. First of all, there are huge inequalities, which we all know, that I would like to help balance. Women are two times more likely to be diagnosed with anxiety, chronic stress, and depression than men. Women are also paid 20 to 40% less than men for the same jobs. And only 26% of all top executive level positions are held by women. When we uplift women, we uplift countless future generations. Do you know that women invest 90% of their income back into their families and communities compared to 35% for men. No, did not know that. So for all of these reasons, I am here to empower women to be free to pursue their purpose, their passions, so that they can ignite and shine their lights so brightly in this world. This is really what drives me. So that was that was a long answer. To your no, question. it's a wonderful. I'm here to serve. 
So do you, just curious, is there a common denominator amongst the 45 to 60 year olds um, where they're getting stuck? Everyone is on their own individual journeys. So there's different nuances, but where I see commonalities, where I see women really getting stuck, they're really getting stuck in deep family and societal programming on what roles they should be playing. So as women, we're often juggling, as you know, Meg, as a mom yourself, we're often juggling at least two or three times, three even full-time jobs as mothers, as working professionals, as wives and partners, as carers of elderly and aging parents, and active contributors to schools, to charities, to professional organizations that we belong to, and our communities. So this is clearly unsustainable. We are getting sick, and in many cases, we're dying. As I saw when I had breast cancer, and as I see with my clients, we're the lucky ones. We turned things around before it was too late. For example, I'll give you a case study of one of my clients. Before she started working with me, she was taking care of three generations of her family, despite having a full-time, high-powered very demanding job. And despite being in recovery herself from a critical illness, and she had resigned herself to being stuck in a very toxic family situation and having a marriage that had lost its passion, its romance and its connection to each other. After we worked together, she broke through all of her beliefs that were really not serving her. Mm. And she set the necessary boundaries to remove toxic situations and people from her life. She also reestablished a deeply loving, connected and supportive and passionate relationship with her husband. And she found ways to bring so much joy and fullness to her life, rediscovering passions that she hadn't even thought about since she was a child. And she did all of this in a way that was uniquely and completely authentic to her, to who she was, to who she is, to who, what her values are and to what her passions are. That's so beautiful. That's wonderful. One, one person, one, one lady at a time. <laughs> one life at a time. <laughs> one life at a time. Is there any advice that you could leave us with? And what would it be? Our life is the result of our choices, and it's never too late to make new ones. And we need to find a way to write our own stories, not live the stories and beliefs of someone else. We need to find a way to our own ideas of who we are and redefine the lives that we actually want to live. So I would love if people listening would dare to examine their beliefs. So dare to examine your beliefs, dare to break free from them if they do not serve you. Dare to reach for your freedom and joy. Dare to be your true, authentic, fully empowered and powerful self. Dare to step out and away from stories that no longer define you, have never defined you. Dare to write your own story. Dare to speak your truth, to live your truth, and to be your truth. And I'm going to leave you, and I would love to end with one of Oprah's wonderful quotes. I was once afraid of people saying, who does she think she is? 
Now I have the courage to stand up and say, this is who I am. I love it. Thank you so <laughs> much, Annabelle. Oh gosh, I adore you. Good I adore you, Meg. <laughs> I'm so grateful and happy that we met and I look forward to having many, many, many more conversations about everything well-being and everything in life as we continue to walk our journeys. Absolutely. So Annabelle, with the, for the listeners, where can they find you? If they want to learn more, what is it that you do? Just get to reach out to you. Where can they go? Because I'm going to add it in the link below. Sure. Thank you for asking. I would love to hear from them and connect with them personally and as a group and other ways as well. They can find me on my website. They can find us on Facebook. All the links will be there. We've just actually created a private Facebook group where we'll have all sorts of free resources. And for all of the listeners here, I would love to offer, and this was this will be accessed through the private Facebook group as well, a guided practice, a guided breathwork practice from one of our advisory board members. He's incredible. It's a tool that you can immediately access and they can download it for free and keep it on their phone or wherever they listen to their guided meditations and breathwork and to help bring them peace wherever they are in their lives. So this is my gift um, to the audience with so much pleasure and joy. And thank you so much for having me, Meg. Thank you. Could you just say the name of your website? So if somebody's just driving. My website is livingashram.com, but you can also find us on Facebook under the groups and that's under Facebook groups, Ignite Transformation. So that's the private group, which will have the free tools, resources, and that guided breathwork practice that you can download. Great. Wonderful. Again, thank you so much, Annabelle. I'm so grateful for your time and I hope everybody enjoyed the show and um, we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bookish Meet the Authors here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share and subscribe and don't forget to tell your friends.